With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill-up. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. Center. Wow. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio. It is 4 o'clock here in the Mile High City, and if you haven't figured it out, the next hour is all about the Denver Nuggets as the only Denver Nuggets dedicated show on nothing but net radio. Joining me today, I have two outstanding co-hosts. First off, down in Colorado Springs, it is DenverStiffs.com senior writer, Gordon Gross. Gordon, what's happening? Just ready to do this, man. It's been a fun summer for the Nuggets, so it's always good to get on and talk about them, even though we can't watch any games and have to kill a whole bunch more months right now, but that's fine. Everything's fine. At least we don't have to yell about what's happened this summer for three months, which is what we did last year. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I appreciate the Nuggets like squeezing in a tidbit of uh, of news this week to at least give us some content for this yeah, show. Yeah, a couple of things. Yeah, a couple of things. Right. Next week, uh, we're really going to be hurting, but that's next week's problem. We're not going to worry about it. Uh, also joining us is TV's own <laughs> and DenverStiffs.com senior writer, Brendan Vogt in the greater parts of Denver. Brendan, what's happening, man? Superstar. What's going on, guys? I, unlike Gordon, wish the Nuggets would stop doing things because <laughs> I just want to go to bed. Vegas, Isaiah Thomas. Stop it all, man. I'm done. Look, just because some of us can catch flights and some of us can't, <laughs> this, is, this is a you problem, really. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'd, Brendan, you had, man, you had probably uh, the most heinous uh, travel week that I've heard of there last, what was it, last week, right? Yeah, I'm never flying again, man. I got my, I was <laughs> delayed in the airport on my way to Vegas, delayed on the runway on the way to. Two flights canceled on two back-to-back days trying to leave Vegas. Guys, imagine preparing yourself to leave that hellhole and being told, no, you have to stay. It is a particularly brutal and crippling feeling. Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know, like, it, it it seems like it would be fun. You're like, oh, two more days in Vegas. But when you've already been there for, for several no. days. You no. can always stay in Vegas for three days, man. Anything more than three days is way too much. In fact, the third day you should be leaving. 
Like, right. Yeah, and that was Vegas day is seven, a two and a half so. day town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Maybe hit the slot machine in the airport on your way out. You know, to get yeah. that last that last fix. But uh, absolutely, I, I'm with you on that. I remember the first time I went to Vegas. It was about two and a half days, and I was like, "All right, this is this is enough. I'm ready to, I'm ready to not lose all of my money." We, we're not going to be getting the Las Vegas sponsorship, man. It's not going to be nothing but that radio brought to you by the Las Vegas Tourist Board. That is right. That is right. We apologize uh, for or any the advertising frontier dollars you may have lost. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, Can I just – I want to take that one second to say this publicly. Front, frontier, you are the Jordan Clarkson in the playoffs of airlines. Just I, I hate you. <laughs> You're all about yourself. You don't care about anyone else. <laughs> You've yeah. never seen a shot you don't like. <laughs> oh, that is – it's actually pretty accurate. Pretty accurate there. But we are not – we are not a tourist uh, advisory podcast or show, I should say. We are, in fact, a Denver Nuggets show. Um, and like I mentioned, we do have we do have some stuff to get to this week. Most importantly, at least in my mind, most importantly, the last – Big piece of news, the last roster move that had to be made for the Denver Nuggets. They fill their 15th roster spot with none other than Monty Morris, the player. My man. That's right, Gordon's man. Making it all the way from his two-way contract from last year and now into a full NBA contract. Big news for Monte. Definitely well-deserved. Er, well I want to break down the signing, uh, what it means for the Nuggets, what it means for Monty, and then, you know, what it means for uh, who might now get that two-way contract that is vacated with him getting a, a full NBA contract. And then with the with the uh, roster filled out, it's good a time as any. Now, as we said, we got, we got some time to kill, so we'll start looking ahead to the 2018-2019 Nuggets season. We're going to talk rotation. We're going to talk out breakout players. We're going to talk about where we think the Nuggets will finish. All stuff we intended to get to last week and never did, uh, so we're catching up there. And lastly, we will finish off some Nuggets news and notes. We heard Michael Porter Jr. had a second back surgery. I want to talk about that. And then also Micah Nori now for the, well, basically every year of Michael Malone's tenure, uh, yet another uh, assistant coach leaves in the offseason. We'll break down Michael leaving and who might who might get a chance to replace him. And knowing that I've got Gordon and Brendan, Gordon especially, on the show, we probably won't get to that, but we'll try. <laughs> we will try. You are, yeah, you are going to have to pace yourself, man. Like, you're going to need a mute button or something. It'll be fine. We'll work it out. <laughs> I'll try to having, keep it brief. I love having Gordon on the pod because I don't have to actually do any work. I can just kind of sit back and let him go. Right, <laughs> right. A lot of, lot of yeahs and ahas, and, yeah. and then that's pretty much all you got to contribute. <laughs> Are you saying I'm monologue? Is that what I'm hearing? I, I, I got you. <laughs> no, no. In fairness, I am. I am equally as bad. Uh, I mean, I've been. I've been wasting. I've already wasted six minutes of time on this show. Uh, Stop talking, Zach. Get to the there point. There you go. Right. Let's get into it. Let's 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 go. Let's go. So, uh, Monty Morris is the newest newest full NBA player for the Denver Nuggets. Of course, he was on the two way contract last year after being a second round pick. Had an excellent summer league. Arguably as good a summer league as anybody. Uh, and that it now makes him the newest full contract for the Nuggets. He signs a, what is it, a three-year minimum deal, right? Essentially, it's yeah. almost like what Jokic got uh, when he first came over. So, it's uh, He basically signed what Vanderbilt signed. Right, right. Yep, another another good example. Second so, rounder, signed for three years minimum, yeah. Yep, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not a bad... 
it's not a bad deal for him at all. But Gordon, let me ask you this. How important was it for him to get that full NBA contract? No, he needed that. And that's you don't want him wondering what's going on with his playing time. You don't want him wondering how many days he's allowed to play for the Nuggets. You want the Nuggets trying to figure out, since no one still understands how the, the two-way contracts work. Hmm. Uh, they still haven't ironed that out. So it's a, you know, which how much of your, your 40-whatever days um, are you allowed to play? Are you allowed to practice? Are you allowed to do whatever? You don't want any of that. You want right. him being available. You want him being in every practice. You want him handling the ball. You've got a bunch of guards, several of whom have had injury problems. You're, right. <laughs> you want Morris in every practice all the time, um, and it helps with his job security. It helps with his role on the team. He's not just some outsider. He's a member of the team. He has a multi-year deal. It's not just a trial run. Like I, I'm stoked for Monty. Really, like, um, like you said, summer league. He was. Um, I think Draft Express said he. Uh, had the highest points plus um, uh, assist points of any player in Summer League. So he right. was number one. He's the most efficient. He's exactly what Denver needs in case something happens to any other guard that they've got. So now they have their insurance policy. It costs them basically nothing. Um, I think it's very big for him, and I think it's very important for the team to have that, that third um, guard and really the technically really the only other backup point guard other than Isaiah Thomas. Right, and of course with Isaiah and, and the hip issues and everything, you don't you don't want to leave that to chance. And it seems like you know Can't. most right, a, a, most teams carry a third point guard on their roster. It's kind of just that natural thing you have an emergency because a point guard is such a a crucial position. And if you only have two, if one of them gets hurt, well, suddenly you're in a bind. The Nuggets last year really all right. So the Nuggets had three point guards when they. Not even see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to talk myself into that. But if we're gonna, if we're gonna consider Jamal Murray a point guard, um, which obviously the Nuggets are, and he's been the starting point guard. I we all think he's probably more of a combo guard. But if you count him as a point guard, you can argue. You know, the Nuggets had three point guards before last season when they had uh, they had Jamal Murray, Emmanuel Mudiay, and Jameer Nelson. The problem is, is Emmanuel Mudiay just wasn't you know wasn't helping them on the court it was a isn't was an a, nba player yes yeah, yeah he's right. not an nba player he's actively a, hurting them even yeah <laughs> right. exactly that's what i was gonna say right he was a he was a negative anytime you put him on the court you were you it were was an abusive relationship yeah <laughs> one way to put it sure sure so so getting monty on that third point guard uh position is 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 i think is crucial just because now for the first time since well, really in michael malone's tenure i mean i can't even remember the last time they actually had three point guards I, I mean i'm trying to think back of when it was maybe when they signed dj augustine but then jameer was hurt it, it it they've never really had it and so this is the closest they've ever been and i think that's definitely crucial and then on monty's side man it's it's just validation of the hard work he's put in you know he did the g league thing so he, much work right right he he went uh where was he last year he was in reno uh, or rio grand valley for a long um, long periods of time playing well and then playing well in the summer league it's 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 a payoff for him so I, I think it's definitely definitely well worth it what about you Brendan I mean how important do you think this is for Monty to be on the roster and then just for him in, in general you know it wasn't crucial I don't think that Denver get him signed this year but it's certainly a good thing right I mean Monte was probably going to get signed by someone when the time came when that uh, two-way expired however right. that works um so it's nice to have him locked up, and I think you guys framed it well as a sort of insurance policy behind IT and Murray, two guys who who very well could get hurt. I mean, Murray's tough as nails, but he's a little slight, 
And we know IT's 5'9 with an injury history. 5'9 is a little generous. So it's huge to have Monte on the roster. Zach, you said it's the first time they've had three point guards in who knows how long. I think it's the first time they've had uh, a true passing guard on the roster since like Jameer, and that's sort of a stretch. And now they have two in Thomas and Moore. So it's huge. But I think the biggest win, guys, goes to Amber Rose because <laughs> true love only covers so many dinner bills and that's she's correct. no longer she's he, no longer now they can go Dutch. Long. It's fine. Yeah, he can he can afford his half now. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. It's no longer. Cause, I mean, what's that? The two way contract is worth like nothing. I mean, it's even even if you spend the full 45 days, I shouldn't say nothing. It's it's I still mean, I if you spend it. the full. 45, yeah. I would right, take right. the nothing that it's offered. Yes, I would take the nothing. Right. It's still far more than than uh, any of us are making over at Denver Stiffs. That's for sure. But um, but uh, it is, uh, you know, it's it's not a lot of money. And so, yeah, for for the Amber Rose angle, I mean, now now her man is uh, is going to be able to. Uh, provide not that he needed to or not that that she needs him to obviously but uh kind of a funny thing you know now he's now he's at least he's in her league now right now there's no there's no detractors yeah exactly uh, let's be real Kanye West Wiz Khalifa they got a little more money than most two-way contract players <laughs> most two yeah just a just a scotch and you know the number one stress causer in relationships is money issues so this is uh there is this is setting up for a nice long uh, yeah, they have paradise time. now. Yeah, they're all in paradise. That's I'm why just I glad stay that Monty's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's smart man. No, uh, I'm just glad it's Monty, man, because it, his gifts as a point guard are the ones that I have felt Denver needed on the bench for the last two years. For sure. Um, and they were trying to make Barton do it, and they've been trying to make, you know, uh, they had DJ Augustine, but that's not his game either. They had Devin Harris. It's not his game either. You need a guy who can set up an offense. You need a guy who can not just shoot, which Monty can do, but you need a guy who can, like, orchestrate and take care of the ball and get guys where they need to be because they haven't had that guy. So whenever the guy with the ball isn't scoring, nothing else is happening on the court. And So just getting Monte around so that if something happens to Isaiah Thomas, who's going to be a Barton-esque you know, gunner type who can actually pass because people forget, but Isaiah Thomas has huge assist percentages. He right, he's fine. Right. Um, but if anything happens to him, you didn't want to go back to the I guess Barton is my bench point guard situation. That's not good for right. Denver. Right. right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then yeah, I mean they don't had or they didn't ha- they didn't if you if you don't have Monty, I mean. Uh, what if something happens with Isaiah Thomas and, and he goes down uh, for a significant period of time? Or what if something happens to Jamal Murray? I mean, we all think of Jamal Murray as a man of steel because he is, but there are some injuries you cannot play through. If something were to happen to him and he had to sit down, you know, th- then you're suddenly, even if Monty's on a two-way, now you've got him on the clock and you've got 45 weird days or whatever it is to use him. So to not just for that simple purpose alone, to just not have to go through that nonsense, uh, like you were pointing out, Gordon, is... Is, 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 I think, vital. Brendan, let me ask you this, though. What we, we talk about him as the emergency point guard, but is there any chance without injury that Monty Morris ends up cracking this rotation? I don't think so. Without injury, uh, look, Murray is poised to make another leap. We know progression isn't linear, but the way he's sort of gone year to year here, I, I think Murray's going to be a beast this year. If he stays healthy, he'll play a ton of minutes. And look, IT is just for the state of this bench, the better option. Monte earned this contract flat out, 
but this was a bench that had absolutely no pop with Barden sliding into the starting lineup. So yep. it just makes sense to have IT out there as much as possible. And IT, we've talked about it already, is a little underrated as a playmaker, a point guard to center guard. Um, he can play with Jokic minutes with oh, the yeah. starter. So it's hard to me, for me to envision a scenario in which Monte gets serious minutes outside of an injury, but he will play. I mean, that's why you sign him to a full-time deal. He'll be around, and I do think he'll make a positive impact. Right, right. I I, uh, I, I tend to agree. I think it's going to be hard just because, one, we know – I mean, well, let's just be let's be frank. Isaiah Thomas is a better player than Monty Morris right now. Yeah. There's yeah. – uh, if healthy, if healthy, I think that's the – If healthy. Yeah, that's the big caveat there, but and also Monty Morris is a, or not Monty Morris Isaiah Thomas is a Michael Malone guy. Not that not that Monty Morris is not, but I mean there's a a long relationship between Malone and Thomas. Malone has trusted Thomas in big moments and has benefited from that trust. So that uh, that if that if nothing else, I think is going to get uh, get it the nod over Barton. What about you, Gordon? You think there's any chance Monty can crack the rotation? Uh, without an injury, no. Um, yeah, I mean, he'll, he may get bench minutes. He may get, you know, maybe, um, Isaiah Thomas taking the night off because they're resting his, his hip or his back or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what right, his like on a back to back. Like. Yeah. Yeah. On a back to back. Uh, you may have Monte as the backup point guard for tonight or, you know, for this part of this road trip, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be a regular rotation guy, but I don't think that's bad either. Um, he goes from being in the G league and basically having one NBA game. Uh, that he got to play in, to being able to get minutes with the team for 82 games, get into some games and garbage minutes, get all the practice time with all the guys, get familiar with everything. It's it, this will be good for him. Um, they're building this as a long-term plan in case you know Isaiah Thomas is not here next year, and he's also their emergency backup in case something happens to Isaiah this year. That's fine. It's it, that's his role. He is the break in case of emergency guy, and you hope that you don't have to see that much of him. Even though I'm a fan of his, you hope that Monte Morris is not pulling a thousand minutes this year. Right. I do want to point out here real quick that that Gordon was on Monte before they drafted him. He Gordon, that was like <laughs> one of your guys to get in yeah. the second round. And, uh, yeah, he was. He was one of my guys early, and he was the guy that I said was my favorite draft pick on draft night. So, um. Right. You know, for the for the Nuggets. So yeah, it's, he's been my guy for a minute. So I'm not unbiased, uh, and you know, but I am I mean, glad to see him do what he does. He'll definitely be the second best player from that draft on the Nuggets. I mean, he's he's certainly no <laughs> Vlatko Chanchar, but you know, hey, nope, I, I hear you, I hear you. Vlatko, <laughs> win it up, it's summer week. We gotta, you know, bring that guy over. That's right. So so that's a good transition here now with Monty. Uh, Monty gets the. The full contract that opens up a two-way contract spot. Uh, I think a lot of people want Vlatko Chanchar to be the guy to get that spot. I can, I'll, I'll crush all your hopes and dreams right now. That's not gonna There's no yet. reason yeah. for Vlatko to do that. He, he is perfectly fine. Develop. I mean, he's not playing in in some crappy Euro, European basketball league. He's playing in Liga ACB. He's he's developing fine over there. And the big thing is, like we were talking about those small dollar two-way contracts. Vlatko is going to make a lot more money. Uh, over in Europe than he will in in uh, on a two-way contract. So there's just really no reason for Vlaco to to take that deal. Brendan though, who would you pick uh to be the new two-way player for the Nuggets? I think some fans might be wondering about Akun Purcell because he had a couple right. break, breakout games towards the end of Summer League. I right. don't think it will be him. He's a little undersized and you know, he's a hustler, but I he just didn't capture my eye as a, as like an NBA caliber player. The choice for me, guys, is Kenridge Williams, who does just about everything right on the basketball court. He did not shoot very well in Summer League, 
but his instincts, his defense, Paul Millsap-esque and his ability to clog a lane to help without ever losing sight of where his guy is, recovers like a madman, and he's an insane rebounder. So, you know, if, if some shots had just fallen in Summer League, this would be an easy, easy choice. That said, guys, you go back and you look at his college numbers. If he's open, he hits shots. You know, that might not translate, but yeah. it's not like he has a history of bricking things. So I, I do think he's the right candidate here, guys. The, the major concern is just the health, but what is a two-way contract for if not a cheap flyer on a player like this? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think the Akum Purcell thing, I mean, it's shades of Torrey Craig, right? Last right. year, Torrey Craig was that guy who right. showed out in summer league, then in, t- in uh, training camp and gets the... Gets that two-way contract, and then and that and now another guy who's who's turned that into a guaranteed contract who will be part of their rotation, who was part of their rotation last season. I think that's what people want to see in Akum Purcell. I kind of felt that way at the beginning of summer league. I really thought that was uh, he was that guy. As we tend to see in summer league, though, as the games progress and minutes become fewer and fewer because time is running out. You start to see those fringe guys kind of go into some you know ISO ball. I'm trying to earn an NBA contract, so it doesn't. I'm not really interested in playing team ball. I'm interested in showing out. I thought Akun Purcell did that, and I kind of soured on him. Um, I honestly don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm with you on Kimrich Williams. He seems like the logical choice. He seems like the choice from the very beginning. Yep. I thought he was terrible in summer league. I just did. I. I, I mean, I get what you're saying. He was a good rebounder, but I. Uh, I just. I wasn't. I wasn't a fan. Uh, so that's I. I don't know, but he, but I think he'll definitely be in training camp. Uh, I think Akun Purcell will probably have a good chance of being in training camp with the Nuggets as well. And, and maybe another guy that we're not even thinking of right now or who wasn't on the Summer League team will be there as well. And it'll be up to those guys, whichever one of those guys really shows in training camp and in preseason that he's capable of playing in the NBA will be the one to get it. What about you, Gordon? Who are you picking? No, I'm with you. I Well, I'm with Brandon, technically. That if it's somebody on Denver Summer League team, that it would be Kendrick Williams. Um, he was an unexpected fall out of the draft. Um, he can do some of the things that Denver needs done on a guy who might need spot minutes if someone gets hurt, for instance. Um, he's a smart player. He's an older player, so you're not trying to break in a 19-year-old rookie. Um, right. He's what twenty four, so he's you know the old, older player. Um, but as far as that, I'm not sure that he's gonna be the guy. I think he'll go to training camp. I would expect them to go get um, another defender of some kind. They don't have wing defense. The only guy they've got is Tory Craig. If Tory Craig gets hurt, like <laughs> I don't know who's defending everyone on earth for the Nuggets, <laughs> but um, you know they're gonna need another guy like that. So I expect them to go. Reach out for that, you know, Axel Tupon random player to try to go ahead and make work. Right. Um, Jakar Sampson. Yeah, Jakar Sampson. Like, yeah, I expect them to go find a guy that has a skill, and that skill probably should be wing defense. Uh, and then you'll see if you can get him to shoot it all. Um, but that's why he's a, he's a training camp guy. And like you right. said, I think there'll be some guys that go to training camp, and I'm not sure that they're going to fill that two-way role until training camp gets here because they're going to want to see – what guy would fill a void that's on the roster? They don't have a problem with point guard now, uh, so that's done. Uh, but they're they're gonna want somebody who's either a, a rebounder or a wing defender to to come in and and help them out. Yeah, yeah, I I, I definitely uh, I definitely agree. I think that's that's the 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 skill you look for is exactly what you guys have been saying. You need 
wing defense. The Nuggets, the Nuggets have so much offense now that you can't possibly justify trying to add any more. It's you need to if you're trying to fill holes. It's got to be the defensive side. Let's you actively uh, want someone who's not going to shoot. I don't want you to shoot. I just want you to defend and grab the boards. That's it. Right, right. We need the glue guys at this point. Yeah, we need, absolutely. Uh, we need the more Tory Craigs. Um, okay, let's switch it. Let's switch it up. Let's let's look over now, kind of and shift and start looking towards the. Uh, well, before I do that, real quick, you guys give give me a quick grade on the Nuggets offseason. Gordon, you first. A minus. A minus. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, Gordon, I uh, I looked at an article you wrote uh, probably back Uh-oh. in early i think it was april april or may right after the season ended and you wrote five things the nuggets need to accomplish this off season they they accomplished three and a half of of your list they did they did uh they did figure out what they're going to do with monty morris i believe was one of your things they they did uh not screw up the draft uh which was one of your things and they did decide what they were going to do with will barton which was one of your things um Actually, I don't think he had Monty Morris on there. I think it was like shedding salary was one of them. But the the, the two things, the, I, I say one and a half because they have not decided on what they're going to do with Coach Malone, other than I guess obviously let him play play this season on on the final. Right, we'll say they went to ride there, yeah. Right, and then and then the uh, the the other thing that you had said about the draft was pick up a pick up a a, a nice wing defender. They they didn't do that, but I think you have to at least give him half a point because how could you pass on Michael Porter Jr. when he was <laughs> right. there at 14? No, so. if if I if he was available and I knew he was going to be available, I'd be like, oh, draft Michael Porter Jr. That's totally fine. That would have been right. on my list. Right. All right, Brandon. What about your grade for the Nuggets off season? I mean, the only reason it's it's it wouldn't be higher than an A minus would just be that you know a lot of their victories were maneuvering out of corners that they had backed themselves into right. in prior years. But if we're talking about this offseason in a vacuum, guys, it's an A, A plus, right? I mean, they slam dunk. They had to get out of the luxury tax, which is a very hard thing to do at that point. Original sins notwithstanding, whoever's fault that is, that's another discussion. There was pressure on Connolly to get out of the tax. He got all the way out. And the most valuable asset he gave up was a heavily protected first. Not heavily, but one through 12 protected first. Right. So, I mean, that's awesome. And he cleared up some roster spots because... One thing that gets lost in Fareed and DA, they weren't just bad contracts. They weren't playing basketball. So right, right. It's just waste of roster spots. Um, they solved their backup point guard position uh, problem in a way that I don't think any of us expected. Monte looked perfect at Summer League. They lock him down. And IT on the vet minimum is just a huge win. And then Jokic and Barton locked down. The one quibble some may have was you could say they overpaid for Barton, but Not I don't really. know if it. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if this is public knowledge yet or not, and I can't confirm it, but I more or less know, guys, that Indiana offered more money, and Barton took a discount to stay here. And I think when you factor in how badly they needed him, the fact that they were able to get out of the tax completely, and some of the stuff that the fans don't get to see at home, like how important he may be in the locker room if something like IT does become a problem, he's worth that money to me. So the way I look at it is they did everything they needed to do and uh, I, I really have no qualms here. The reason the reason I gave an A minus is two things. One, they didn't fill that wing defender role. Well, I mean, they got Tory right, Craig right. back, which helps. Like they didn't let him go, which I thought might have been an issue if they had actually let him walk. Um, but they they still need another. They need they needed more defense, and they just went all balls to the wall on offense, which is fine. I accept that, but it doesn't balance your roster. You you're gonna have a lot of trouble in close games. Uh, that I accepted. 
you know, that I would have liked to see another another defender, and the other thing would have been uh, losing Mike Nori, uh, so for the third summer in a row, assistants, main assistants are walking out the door for no reason that we are currently aware of, um, and well, I that mean, we sort can of take thing a couple me. guesses. I can yeah. take some guesses, and it probably involves wallets. Yep. But, you know, um, as far as that goes, it would be nice to see Denver retain they, – they spent some time and effort retaining their players. I would like to see them retain some coaches that they like, uh, but I guess they kept Malone around, so, you know, that's one thing. <laughs> that's a good take. Mike and is a good point, just because that's a pattern, right? Right. Well, right. yes, it's a, it's a pattern that concerns me, yeah. Right. Yeah. And we and we don't know necessarily if it's if it's a pattern behind anything or if it's just no white noise. You know, you don't you don't quite know, but but you're you are right and and that's it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting trend, I guess is is the way I'll put it. I I'm right there with you guys. I give it a minus to an A. I think if you were going to give them an outright A+, plus, they would have had to have do, done something that you just thought wasn't possible, either, you know, getting off of Freed's contract without giving up a first-round pick, making a big trade for a, a star-type player, signing LeBron James. Uh, <laughs> th- that 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 would get an A+, plus. yeah, that would work. Right. <laughs> Right, I I would have given him an A plus. I I want or I, I would say I want him to knock him to say, well, if it would have been perfect, they would have found a way to get Vlatko on the roster. But I just don't I don't see who you would give up at this point to make nope. space for him. You know, so it's and I was I was a big I've been a big proponent that I wanted Vanderbilt on a full NBA contract because I wanted him with the Absolutely. Nuggets medical staff the whole time and their training staff and not having to worry about going back and forth and that kind of thing. I get what you're saying, Gordon, about uh, about defense, and I and I agree, but I think. Each time the opportunities came up for the Nuggets to maybe shore that up, they ended up just going with they had they had an option that was just overwhelmingly this is the best player to take. Whether it was Michael Porter Jr. in the draft, yep. whether it was Isaiah Thomas as your backup point guard, that was your best option based on what was available. And so instead of trying to pigeonhole themselves into we need to find this wing defender or we need to find up our defense, they ended up going with the best player that they could get which I don't think is necessarily a bad idea. It would, yeah. for it to be perfect, they would have found, the best player would have been there and it also would have been a great defender. That, that, that would have been OG Ananobi, for instance, would have been right. available to them and they could uh. have just drafted him. Yeah, that would have been great. Just, just keep pouring salt in that <laughs> Look, man, I, on draft night, though, I was, I'm exactly with you. Like, I, um, I was hoping for some sort of defensive player. I was thinking we can get a, you know, a role player who will, who will fit in and will be perfect. And right, then, like a Miles Bridges. Yeah, yeah, and then Michael Porter Jr. drops, and you're like, no, you got to take that guy. Right, right, you know, yeah, And then when Vanderbilt in the, in the second round, I'm like, you know, you're looking at the second round, and you're thinking, well, who could play this year? Who could help them out a little bit? And then Vanderbilt's still there, and you're like, well, I guess what we should do then is take the defensive, you know, Maven with a great passing ability, and uh, who's a rebounding demon, and see what happens. And if you can right. fix his foot, like, and they took the risks, and I'm fine with the risks. Like you said, they could have played it safe and gone with role players, and they decided not to do that. And they added a bunch of talent to the team, and you can't, I can't argue against adding talent. One thing I love is there's a consistency to their approach here. Um, two of the this guys, year, yes, two of the yes, this year, two of the guys they took in the draft, <clears throat> excuse me, were risky guys, right? Home run swings if they're yep. healthy, but. That's a big if. Kenridge Williams, the guy we talked about for the two-way, he's another guy of that ilk. Um, they were aggressive. They were risky. And, you know, as far as your point about the defense, Gordon, you're absolutely right. But I will give them credit. You know, when I talked to them about it, some of the front office members, you know, they more or less said, look, man, 
Like, what was the acquisition? Like, what's the signing where we're a good yep. defensive team now? And I, I get that. I mean, that that's going to become problematic if they're looking to compete in the playoffs, but they're not at that step yet. And so right. if they're looking at sort of forming an identity and being the best team they can be this season, I love the way they approached it. Well, and again, you have Vanderbilt, who, in my opinion, could be a, just an outstanding defender in the NBA. Definitely. He is so Definitely. perfect. And he's got, I, I can't exactly call it Draymond Green level passing yet because you haven't seen it in the NBA. But the guy was a point forward in high school. And if you watch him play, he didn't do that in college because they didn't really let him. He showed a couple glimpses of it, but he'd throw like passes between people's legs and whatever. He's he's got some vision that makes him really enticing as that def- multi-position defender who can also pass, which opens up so many options. Um, yeah, if they do make the playoffs, like when you're watching those those series last year, and you're thinking, man, Denver has none of these bodies, these body right. types that are so prevalent. Um, we're talking about those prototype modern forwards. Vanderbilt fits that. Um, like to a, to a T. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's a – in fact, they didn't just take him. They moved up to get him. So I'll give right. them a ton of credit for that if it works out. He was out. their I, guy. They saw him and they yep. wanted him. I agree. Yep. 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 I think he's exactly who they needed. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Good stuff. Let's go ahead and hit a break since we've already – we're already halfway through our show. And then when we come back, we'll, we'll go ahead and look, ahead, look toward the season and we'll see – I think we've already probably talked about Mike and Nori. Uh, there enough that at least as much time as we're going to have but I do want to talk about Michael Porter Jr. and that second back surgery so let's hit a quick break and we'll be right back we've all been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Zach Mikosh, Brendan Vogt, Gordon Gross. We spent the first half of the show breaking down everything about the Monte Morris signing and then impromptu got into a discussion about the offseason, as we tend to do. We like impromptu discussions here on the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Now, though, we're going to try and get back focused on what we want to talk about, which is turning the focus from the offseason to the 2018 2019 season. 
the Nuggets are done. Obviously, the roster is filled out with that, with the exception of that one two-way contract we were talking about. Uh, but that player is obviously not a player. I say this, but to, again, Torrey Craig ended up being part of the rotation last year. But in all likelihood, that player is not going to be part of the rotation in this upcoming season. Um, so, Brendan, let me ask you this: What, what do you kind of think? Uh, you don't have to give me necessarily a bunch of you know minutes breakdowns and well at this at the eighth minute in the quarter this guy's gonna come in that guy's gonna go out or anything like that. But wh- what kind of you think is, is shaping up as being the Nuggets rotation? Yeah, I think we all know the starters: uh, Jamal, Gary, Barton, Millsap, and Mason Plumley. I'm just kidding, Nikola Jokic. <laughs> um, for the bench, it gets a little interesting because there's a lot of varying opinions on the best way to use Torrey Craig. Or perhaps a better way of saying it would be the way that Malone will use him. I will go ahead and say this Wancho situation, I, I shouldn't say worrisome or troublesome. That would be irresponsible. But I'm, I'm starting to wonder if there's like a, a bigger disconnect than we've seen here between Wancho, his camp, and the team. Like I wonder right. if he's just kind of out of the bigger plan here. Um, so if you're looking at trying to shore up that bench defensively, if IT's going to start, then I would have Beasley out there at the two and Craig out there at the three. Um, just because I think when Beasley's got his head on his shoulders, right, he, he's one of the better perimeter defenders on the team, um, at least athletically, physically, he's capable that way. So I would probably go IT, Beasley, Craig, Trey Lyles, and Mason to fill out the bench. Oh, so do you think this, do you think Malone will run a 10-man rotation? Um, I think... in. Yeah, 10 or 11, probably. Yeah, like, until he has to simplify it, I don't think he will. Is that fair? Yeah. Right, no, yeah. What I was going to say is, yeah, he'll run a 10 or 11-man rotation till about mid-November, early December. Then he'll get sick of that, and he'll run a 7-man rotation. Then he'll realize that won't work because all of his guys are dead, and he'll settle somewhere in uh, around, like, a 9-man rotation. I think that's ultimately what happens. I I tend to agree. I mean, well, because you've got Trey Lyles in your rotation, right? I or do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought you said that. Okay. So yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I though I do think he's going to run a nine man uh, in, in, instead of a ten. I th- I I shouldn't say I think. I hope he is. He has come to learn that. Like that. That seems to be where the Nuggets got found their most consistency is when they ran a nine man rotation. And so I'm in in my ideal world, that's what they'll do this year around. So I would drop the one guy I would drop from your rotation would be Malik Beasley because yep. I just I just because I think he's going to prefer Malone's going to trust Tory Craig more than Malik Beasley or Wancho uh, or and then keep it more like a nine man and just sort right. of rotate. Yeah. Right. Yep. Now, now the concern there though, is you're, you're woefully undersized at the three because Tory Craig is, is more of a two. Will Barton is more of a two. And then Trey Lyles really can't play the three. I mean, you could try it, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Watch them try. Yeah, I know. I can try. Right. Yes, we will get the Jokic Plumley Lyles front court. I can I can already see it coming. Um But so that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think the big the big wild card though is Michael Porter Jr. Like if if he becomes healthy at some point during the season, you, you kind of got to get him I mean part of his rehab has to be getting him game minutes. So how do you fit him in there then suddenly becomes a a tough you decision. You don't. You, you don't. don't. You, you ignore his camp. Yeah, and that tweet. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to get him minutes. I mean, uh, there are plenty of guys who can play who did not play their rookie years, uh, and just sat and watched. And it's not that they weren't capable of playing. It's that it was it was chosen to be in the best interest of the team for them not to play. You don't have right. to get him minutes. You think now, of like Ben Simmons or Joel yeah. Embiid. And- yeah, yeah. Now, you know, again, some of those guys had medical issues that ruled them out, but how long were they out-out, and how often were they 
practicing but not playing. Right. Um, you think you think about a guy like too, like like a guy like a Nerlens Noel who was. Uh, a guy who fell in the draft, right? Nerland, if you remember, Nerlens Noel was uh, at one point kind of like Michael Porter Jr., considered possibly going to be the number one overall pick. Right. He tears his uh, he tears his ACL late in the college season in and ends up falling. I think to what like seventh or something like Sixth, that. I think yeah. Yeah, and then he, even though you tear your ACL, I mean, if you have a full year, they, they probably if they had wanted to, Philadelphia probably could have tried to bring him back late in his rookie year. But they just they, there was just no reason for them, especially because at that time they were tanking as hard as they could. So that that came up. Well, but that, yeah, I, thing, I see what you guys are saying. And one thing, guys, is typically if a team comes away with a player, a prospect of of MPJ's caliber, like they're they're eager to get them out there and see what they can do because they don't have much else going on. Right. Denver's in a much different position. They're going to be trying to make the playoffs. It could very well come down to one, two, three games. Yes, he has talent that can help you. But if the question becomes, man, how do we get him in there? I think that's a more of a problem than a good uh, thing. That depends, man. And you just ag- uh, it, it depends. You have the trade deadline in February, okay? Trey Wiles is on an expiring. If Michael Porter Jr. can play the four and or the three, you can get him minutes by moving other rotation players who are not going to be here next year. Um... Like if you're if you have minutes for uh, Wancho, but Michael Porter Jr. is totally healthy and demolishing people in practice, you can find a way to make that work. Like you could get him remit rotation minutes. You don't have to. That's true. It's not required. But the Nuggets right, have right. pieces that they can move, and that they will probably not be able to pay next year, so that they can make that happen. So I'm not concerned that, that that's a great. Point. He can force his way on the court, is what I'm saying. He can he can play well enough in practice. He can be healthy enough. He can work out his core strength issues and, you know, jump up and down like a like a spring and be like, look, I am healthy. Let me play. And they can make that happen. And if he's better than who they're playing, then they should do that. That that's that's a, a good point. Um, and it just all comes down to health, right? Because yeah, for yeah, me, right. it's it's more of just like you just don't force it, right? Because of the long term value and and. You know, I'm not a medical professional, guys, and we don't know what the second procedure was. We'll touch on this later in the show, I'm sure. But it, I, I'm just a little confused that all of a sudden we're all more optimistic about his recovery timeline after a second more surgery. More surgeries are better. Okay. More surgeries are always better. We always want people to get cut on as much as they can be. <laughs> yeah, like I don't understand why now we're like, he'll be ready for the start of the season. I'm like, wait a if second. If he gets cut on again, he's he playing summer more week. He'll be fine. Yeah. Right. You know, let, let's just dive into it right now because because I really want to get to it in, in a word that we won't if we if we try and push it off. Because I'm longer. talking. So, sure. of course, I'm, because it's coming here, Zach. Is that what's going no. on? No. <laughs> yeah. No. It's just because I, I just watch I just watch the the ticker over here the the time as it's going by and I just know where we're at and I'm a realist. So, <laughs> so it's, it's it is what it is. Um, it. Uh, Gordon, I mean, how concerned are you? Because not only is he getting the second back surgery, and now the rumor, what we've heard out there is that the Nuggets somewhat knew that this could be coming, and that also that they, they, at the surgery was over, they were optimistic or encouraged by by the results. But how worried are you? A that he had a second surgery. B that they're being quite quite aloof about exactly what kind of surgery he was having. I'm not worried about the second part at all. They are such a tight-webbed organization. The weeks Very that true. come out are really coming – have to be coming from Michael Porter Jr.'s camp because Denver's front office doesn't say shit to anybody about anything. Like, they're good, good at that. They do not go on record. They do not make public leaks. They don't, you know, put their business out there. They never have. 
So in the Tim Connolly era, that is that has not happened. And so I don't ex- I don't expect to hear from the Nuggets. They don't put their business out in public. Um, as far as Michael Porter Jr. surgery, does it concern me? Not particularly. Um, the, the kind of surgery that he had, if it's what I think that he had, as far as removing some debris and, and going in in an exploratory fashion to look around and make sure that nothing else is impinging on the nerve, my guess is he was feeling some discomfort, and they went in, looked around, and they were like, oh, it's just this one piece. And they went, clip, and then he's fine. So you, right. that's that's what you want. It's just like having your knee scoped. It's it's you know a few weeks that you're down. Technically, you can start working on core strength a couple of weeks after surgery. It's not like he's got a two months off. I mean, you could, as a former rehab person, you can do this six weeks. You can give him six weeks of like mandatory don't turn or twist or bend or whatever. But really, you shouldn't. He should be doing stuff two weeks in probably. So. I would. He should be on core strengthening and be good to go for training camp at full strength. In theory, like honestly, like he should be ready. He may not be ready to play NBA minutes, but he should be able to get on the court and do his business if he is fully, you know, if this was just the minor procedure that they are giving the appearance that it was. So I'm right, not worried right. about his availability for training camp. Uh, I'm not worried about. I mean, he hasn't played real live basketball other than the couple of minutes he limped around in Missouri. You know, he hasn't played real-life basketball since high school, so I'm not overly concerned that they need to get him on the court real quick. But he should be able to keep doing exercises, jumping in the gym, you know, maybe not dunking, but he shouldn't be floor-bound anymore two months from now. And if that's what we see, then I'm with his camp, as that we shouldn't be waiting around another 11 months to see him get on the court. Like, I, I understand yep. that feeling from them. If he is... If this was the solution and that he just had one little issue to finish clearing up, great. Then I'm with him. I understand why he'd want to get on the court, and I would hope to see him come the new year. Fair enough. All right, Brendan, how about you? Uh, I'm not terribly concerned. My one thing would just be that like all of the positivity is coming from his of course, or at least that report. Right. Uh, so I, I do just want to clarify that because I do think some fans might – be slightly confused. It's not the Nuggets that think he's ready to go. Um, it's his camp, and of course they feel that way. So I, they're the ones I who went back uh, on the court in Missouri, man. Like they were like, "Yeah, you can play. It's fine." Right. Exactly. So I, I'll give Gordon credit here. He led me to these waters in the Stiffs group chat. It's very much a wait and see until we know what the operation thing is mm-hmm. um, before we before we sort of panic. If about we ever that know. At all. If we if we ever know. Yeah, but right. I will say this. I mean, at summer league practices. Just I'm trying to figure out the timeline in my head. It can't have been more than a week before this surgery. I saw Michael Porter Jr. on the court in sneakers shooting around, and he looked all right. So, I mean, unless this was like some some really serious procedure, which I think we probably would have heard about by now, um, I'm not too concerned. The other thing, guys, is – and I certainly – if I have a source, it's one, and it's not a good one. So this is all indirect stuff, but I it was sort of – I was – first made aware of this possibility on draft night so i'm not surprised by this news i don't think the nuggets are surprised and i also think this factored into all of those horror stories about the uh failed medicals and physicals that we heard i mean i think that stuff is probably relative and obviously the further you go down in the draft closer to pick one the risk profile is different on a guy like mpj than 14 
But more than that, I think there were teams like the Clippers who drafted twice at 12 and 13. I think they were looking for guys who can help right away. So right. if the news is he's going to need a second surgery, they're like, that's all we need to know. We're out. Right. I'm still um, shocked they didn't take him, though. I... Me too. Me too. Um, I wonder how much ownership had to do with that. I don't. Balmer doesn't seem like a sit around and wait guy to me. Right. And right. Los Angeles' inability to pick a direction here <laughs> in their next phase is, um, yeah. is certainly reflective of that. So I, I really think that's what scared them away. So I don't think this is anything. This is probably new for Nuggets fans. I don't think any of this is new or news to the Nuggets. Right. Right. No. Yeah. And that, that I think backs up everything we've, we've heard. And, and I think if there's anything to be concerned about more, it, 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 if I were going to look into one thing, I don't necessarily look into the back surgery, the second back surgery as, as, a, as a concern more than I would say. The thing that I would mostly be concerned about is that it sounds like there might be a disconnect between what the Nuggets want to do. Uh, with Porter versus what what his camp wants to do and yeah. could that because here's the thing that I really loved about the way one of the, the I think the undersold parts of this offseason was the Nuggets really kind of got all the guys off the roster who had the potential to be malcontent right they 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 moved Wilson Chandler got him a new opportunity they moved Kenneth Freed got him an opportunity in Brooklyn and it's nothing against those guys but you could see how one of those two guys specifically could potentially end up becoming upset just because they've had some there's been some grumblings in right. the past there they seem to have cleared really anybody who could have a feel that that there was going to be uh, you know they were being slighted and had the 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 veteran i guess pull like a farid or or, or chandler to 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 kind of make that voice you know i don't know if a guy like wancho hernan gomez can really make grumblings i mean i guess he could but but uh whether did. or not he, i don't i don't know if yeah right and nurkic did exactly so, I mean, it gets to be there. But Wancho doesn't strike me, I guess, that way. No, way. the only guy Anyways. I'd be worried about would be Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Right, right. And and I I think Isaiah Thomas can play 30 minutes a I game. Think I think they're going to bat. Yeah, I think they're going to make sure he plays his 30 and he gets a ton of shots and everything right. will be fine. Right. Those 30 minutes a game that Wilson Chandler was getting, I think those are all Isaiah Thomas right. minutes now. And those those 20 minutes a game that Devin Harris was getting, those will be Torrey Craig's. You shift your rotation up a little bit, you make it work. But – the one guy now that I guess I would be concerned about is Michael Porter Jr. becoming malcontent because he and his camp think that they're ready to go and the Nuggets don't want to do it. And then suddenly we could have that disconnect. So I think if there was anything to be concerned about that press release, I think that was probably the biggest part. But I'm with you guys. I'm, I'm not I'm not ready to walk off the ledge just yet. I, th- I think if even if you have to play the long game and he doesn't play the entire season, uh, as long as everybody's on board with that, uh, it, it'll it'll be just fine. Yeah, the risk, right, the risk are... they took on draft night was the same risk that they have now. I don't think the risk has right, increased. Right. I don't think anything has changed as far as odds. If you were okay with the risk on draft night, you should be okay with the risk now. Right. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do this. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go right to kind of predicting how this season's gonna end. Gordon, I want your opinion first. Where, where do you think the Nuggets? Now that we kind of know where everybody's rosters are shaking out, not just the Nuggets, but but pretty much all the teams in the West at this point. Where do you see the Nuggets falling in terms of playoff seeding and record? They're losing to the Rockets again. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Like, um, I, I, seeding's so hard, man. Like, the West is the West. Like, LeBron could miss the playoffs with the Lakers. Like, there's – the West is the West. It's going to be a pain in the ass. And I think everybody from about 3 to 10 is going to be within five games of each other again. Sure. Like, so right. it's, it's going to be just a disaster. So it's going to be like Portland got the three seed, but could have had the eight seed with like a week of bad luck. 
you know, right. there's there's no rhyme or reason to to being able to be like, oh no, these are clearly the best teams in the West. No, there's two. I think it, I think it clearly all comes down to health, yes. right? I mean, that's yeah, that's the big. If you that, can that's stay why healthy, Portland got the three seed. Yes, last exactly. Year. Well, not only did Portland stay healthy, guys, they played, I think it was a league-leading 11 games against a team that should have had an all-star out there, but that all-star was injured. Yep, so, right. I mean, it, it was it was all kinds of luck for Portland. I, I remain unconvinced that they're even a better team than Denver. Oh, I, Agreed. I'm, thoroughly, I'm thoroughly unconvinced yeah. that they're In fact, they're I think Denver's better. better. <laughs> yeah, I would say at this yeah. point. I mean, a healthy, it's close. Denver, I say a healthy it's close. Denver should be better than a healthy Portland. However, right. if Portland keeps their guys healthy and they keep mocking us for uh, like you know muscle instabilities while our guys stay unhealthy, then they may have something to crow about. Right, mm-hmm. right. What about you, Brandon? Where do you think the Nuggets end up? Uh, the floor is like ninth or tenth seed. Right. The ceiling is is three seed. Yeah. Right. Um, I feel most comfortable in a wide guess of four to six. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> if this isn't the softest prediction, uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I stand by what I said before. It all comes down to health. I think a healthy Denver with with Malone sort of getting out of his own way, the ball going through Jokic, has a very, very good chance of being, in fact, the third best team in the West. Right. But there's just so many ifs. So, you know, I'm not I would not try to try to fill Nuggets fans' hearts with hope of a three seed or a home court just yet. But that's that is where I'm looking. Oh, come on, they're getting the right. home I'm I'm still picking them to play Houston. It's going to be a 3-6 matchup. You can have Houston in the 6. You can have Houston in the 3. I don't really care. Houston still takes it. And uh, you, don't think, uh, you don't think Houston's like an overwhelming odds to be either a 1 or a 2 seed? What happens to Chris Paul if he, if, he pulls a, if he pulls a hamstring? Where are you at? Yeah, that's true. Honestly, James Harden, like people forget because there's a lot of valid criticism if it's a play style, playoff success, whatever. Go back and look at like that final Dwight Howard year and Howard missed a lot of Oh the no, year he's a, he's amazing. Like and he's a, and That's what I'm saying yeah. like you kind of only like you kind of just need James Harden and PJ Tucker and like I think they're I just they like, they sacrifice so much on defense. I think they're going to have some close losses they did not have last year. That's all. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. But I'd still I would still put them at a comfortable two. But that's just Clint Capella's still out there, right? They haven't uh, they haven't signed him yet. That's correct, that, but yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I literally think there's no space left for anyone. But yeah, not now. Now, now that Sacramento decided to sign Bielitsa, <laughs> I know. What a, now, I mean, we don't have time for it. But what a weird, what a weird. <laughs> we don't have time. It's not, it's not a Kang's broadcast, man. We cannot be out here. <laughs> oh man, talking Kang. God bless the Kings. <laughs> I can't wait till they trade for Andrew Wiggins in two years. <laughs> Shout out to Greg Wissinger. Um, so I guess all right, real quick, I want to finish up the show here. Last year, if you were going to look at a guy kind of like as, as the breakout player uh, for the team, I think you could maybe make an argument that it was Torrey Craig. Perhaps you could say it was Jamal Murray's breakout year. I, I'd probably say it was really Jamal Murray's breakout year. I mean, he started 81 games, whereas uh, last, the season before he was off the bench, he was healthy, which made him a, a, a very good player. Turning the turning the, the page, though, to this season, Brennan, who, who is your breakout or, or potential breakout player for the Nuggets? Will you get mad at me if I just say Jamal Murray again? <laughs> no, 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 he's got more I, levels. I, that's my real pick. Right. I don't. I know progression isn't linear, but Murray is so young, and the company he put himself in in his sophomore campaign as a guard, and frankly, the fa- like how quickly we all forget that he played with two sports her- with two sports hernias his rookie right. season and played in eighty one games. I think Jamal Murray like 
just pops off this year. If it doesn't happen right away by February, we're looking at him like a different player than he was last year. Right. And that's another reason why I, I'm so high on the Nuggets. It's like, it's not just that they're bringing everyone back and can they stay healthy. I mean, it's more it's more than reasonable to expect a big jump out of Murray and Jokic again. Mm-hmm. And I expect a very big one from Murray. Right. I, I, I definitely agree. In fact, I'll, I'll go on record right now as uh, Jamal Murray is my early prediction for most improved player of the year. I think he has the potential Ooh. to have a sort of C.J. McCollum. Remember when C.J. McCollum finally broke out and when he was an MIP he probably is not. I don't. I don't think. I think it'd be a little much to expect Jamal to uh, reach level of like Victor Oladipo did last year. But but I don't think it's that far fetched to think that he could he could reach that level. The difference is is that Victor Oladipo came to Indiana and quickly took the reins as the, as the number one option. That's probably not going to happen for Jamal at any time this season, just because of all the talent around him. But I think he definitely has a chance. You know, now he's past that stigma of first to second year player. But I think he's – I just see him him getting better and better. And so, yeah, I actually tend to agree that, once again, I think it will be Jamal Murray who is who is going to have that breakout year. And he's going to go from being a starter to being a borderline all-star type of player. Gordon, what about you? Are you going to are you gonna go with Jamal as well or is there somebody else in your mind? Um, I'm going to take Paul Millsap. No, that's a, that's a fair one. Yeah. I'm just saying, uh, he's had he had the wrist injury. He had the trying to figure out this offense. He had a bunch of stuff. He's had two off seasons with his team to work out. Now he understands what they're trying to do. Now he understands how to make Jokic the star. And I think Millsap will fit in perfectly if he's healthy. So right. yeah, I expect to see exactly what they are paying Millsap thirty million dollars a year for. Right. You know, the other thing, too, with Paul Millsap last year is there was a ton of expectations on him. Yeah. Because he's a $30 million man. He was this big free agent signing. It's almost like he's almost like an afterthought now, which is so crazy because he's, he's still arguably. I mean, he's definitely like a top three player on the team. And and but but you kind of forget about him now because there's all the hype about Michael Porter Jr. And you, you think about Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray and you got Isaiah Thomas and what's he going to do? And everybody's forgetting that you've got this like just rock of consistency of of great production and another guy who can actually play great defense and who can play backup center so i expect some of uh if they're smart if it's me i pull some of plumley's minutes i don't pay him i don't care what we're paying him for for salary he doesn't need to play 20 minutes a game 18 minutes a game he can play 14 12 um, he's going to get a million dollars. A million dollars a minute, and that's game. fine because you are you have Millsap, and he can play some with Isaiah Thomas because that worked with Horford, and Millsap's the same kind of player. He understands Horford. You know, there's there's a lot going on that they could utilize Millsap better and that he can make both the bench and the starters better. So I'm just expecting him to have a really good year. You know, one other guy I'll mention here real quick before we get out of here. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is another guy you could say could have a, a breakout oh, year absolutely. again like the third or fourth breakout year of his career, if right? If he's healthy, I mean, man, yeah, break out some more. If he's healthy, and I don't, I think what you mentioned there, I think is something that to consider, the best year Isaiah Thomas ever had was when he was playing with Al Horford. You get basically Al Horford on steroids, at least on offense, in Nikola Jokic. Well, well yeah, not <laughs> metaphorically speaking here. <laughs> the steroids are mental steroids. Yeah, it's not right, a, right. It's not a physical thing. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, Jokic has slimmed down. We saw him at this press conference. He he looked good, but by no means did he look like he's a, a chiseled. He's not Adonis, yoked. Or he's not yoked. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. No. 
Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, definitely Isaiah Thomas, another guy uh, to keep your eye out. All right. So we are, we are out of time. That was a really good pod. It, it flew by it fl- show show. It was a really good show, but it did, it did definitely <laughs> fly by. Um, Make sure you guys are checking us all out on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bikosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs. Brendan is at BVO. Wait, I wanted to do it. All right, Brendan, you got to do it. Give me, give me the the BVOGT four two two. There it is, BVOGT. I should. Uh, I wasn't prepared. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a, I'm on TV, bro. Don't, That's right. Don't <laughs> you prep your ass off. I hear it. Um, make sure you guys are following us all on Twitter. You can also follow Denver Stiffs at Denver Stiffs. Nothing but Net Radio at nbn-radio uh, the stiffs are on instagram at the denver stiffs we're also on facebook make sure you're giving us a follow and a like if you are listening to the podcast version of this first of all why are you not listening to nothing but net radio on dash radio app you can download it on your phone listen in your car on your computer anywhere you go you can find all kinds of team specific cha- uh, channels just like this one. You can also find general NBA cha- channels with great interviews and some great music in between. So definitely worth checking out. Download the Dash Radio app. But again, if you are listening to the podcast version, we would appreciate if you subscribed and left a rating and a comment. And I think that's it. I think I got through all the business here, right? You got it. I did. All right. All right. Well, one more one more thing to do, and that is to uh, thank my, my two celebrity co-hosts here uh, for their time. So, Gordon, Brendan, great having you guys on, as always. Yeah, you're welcome, bro. I, I, I'm just <laughs> glad to be in the presence of Brendan's greatness, that's all. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We are all, we are all better We're now all that witnesses. we have it's fine. done a show <laughs> with Brendan. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. <laughs> all right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.